When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's show where we look back on Saturday's 3-0 Devon Derby win over Exeter City. Joining me today in the studio are our podcast regulars Chris Harrington, Jack Ball and Baron Cross. Hi guys. Good morning. Hello Stu. Guys, uh, a rare game where we were all present on Saturday and mm. uh, Chris, the, the, the sort of win that Argyle were uh, very much wanting no doubt. Absolutely, just the uh, the tonic they need going into the final stage of the season. Um, I thought the first ten minutes was was pretty even. Exeter had plenty of the ball early on, but that goal from from Matt Cannizy really put uh, Argyle on top, and, and they went on and played well. The game went exactly how they would have would have hoped it. They got the goal. The second goal on the stroke of half time, you know, was a was a telling moment as well in the game. Exeter had plenty of the ball in the second half, but I think Argyle were quite happy with that. One or two little chances Ruben Reid had a header that he put wide that could have turned the game. Um, and then obviously Jake Jervis's penalty at the end wrapped it up and made it a very uh, memorable day for Argyle and the Green Army. Yeah, Baron, that, that, that first goal was obviously a, a, the sort of key moment really, but what a ball by Graham Carey to, to Kennedy. It was an exceptional bit of class, wasn't it? Um, as Chris was saying, the, the opening exchanges were, were fairly even. I would have probably given Exeter a little bit more of the, the play, I believe. I think Argyle looked a little bit edgy. Um, without gifting too many opportunities to Exeter. And then uh, it was Jakob Sokolik that started the move. He picked the ball up in, uh, in central defence and, and seemed to spot Carey, who had managed to fashion an opening for himself in the middle of the park. Uh, he managed to turn two or three extra players in one move and had the time and, and quality to pick out Matty Kennedy, who had made this wonderful run from, from the left flank in behind the defence. So it, it was almost like a silent assassin so before we knew it there's Matty Kennedy you know almost in the centre forward role running in on, on Christy Pym and fantastic composure you know on, on his home debut right in front of the Exeter City fans just to slip that one past Pym who had done well to narrow the angle um, but he, he still slipped it away very nicely but it, it was nice to see Carey sort of approaching his, his best again he's been sort of uh, missing I think for the past couple of weeks but um, there were certainly flashes of brilliance on Saturday from him and the, the second goal, Jack, an identical sort of finish, really, in, in that Ryan Taylor gets in behind the defence and slips it into the bottom corner. This is what I most love about the team at the moment. Derek Adams has made four additions, three of which are quite attacking, and they're all just slotted in so perfectly. I thought the football between the front four was some of the best I've seen this season. I, I tweeted out on Saturday that Ryan Taylor, for me, is exactly the type of player that I've got to be missing. Now, obviously, that's just one game. Whether that continues is another thing. Hopefully, it does. But he linked up play, he won the ball, he brought it down onto the ground, he, he, he created plenty of space for others. I think that's the sort of role that Exeter were probably hoping Ruben Reid would do and it didn't quite work out that way. But I thought Taylor was sensational and the second goal was just a cherry on the top for him, I think. Yeah, there were, there were lots of sort of standout players from Argyle, I thought, on Saturday. Um, Kevin Gollop, an old friend of ours, of course, used to work here. He picked out David Fox. He felt David Fox was the best player on the park uh, he, uh, before he went off, that is, of course. Outstanding performance. He seems to raise his game for the big occasions. Would you say that's a fair assessment, Chris? Uh, yes, I suppose it is. I think um, 
David Fox likes to be involved in games where, where football's played, doesn't he? You know, sometimes um, the oval away sticks out in my mind. You know, the ball's played long, it's flying backwards and forwards over his head. Um, and when you get David Fox on the ball, um, good things happen. And um, he did well against Liverpool, but again, that's the sort of game where you're going to play the ball on the deck. Uh, again, on, on Saturday, you know, what I like about him, he just does the simple things. You know, he plays the way he's facing. You know, and he just gives the ball to somebody else, keeps possession, keeps the team moving. And now Argyle have got that trio of Kennedy, Sarsevich and Carey. If you get the ball into them, into space, you know, Fox was involved in the build-up to the second goal that, you know, we've just talked about. Ball into Kennedy, finding the space between the midfield and the defence. For the first two goals, Argyle did that exceptionally well, finding that little bit of space behind the midfield, in front of the defenders, and then a clinical ball through. So... Yeah, you know, it's hard to believe, really, isn't it? The crew sort of deemed him, you know, expendable at the end of last season. And he's come in pre-season, sort of late in pre-season. And he's come in and been, you know, quietly very effective for Argyle this season. You speak about the space as well in front of the excellent midfield and defence. I felt that was the, you know, from the sort of reverse side of it, mm. that was the space that Argyle filled really well with the Alessandro because they just didn't allow Ollie Watkins to get into that space. And then he ball into Ruben Reed, excellent forced to go long because they couldn't get it into his feet as well. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's right, isn't it? You know, I think Derek Adams got the, the tactics right. He played Songo in front of the back four. I mean, Barron, he didn't do a man-marking job on Watkins, but we didn't really see Watkins running with the ball at the Argyle defence like we might have expected to. No, I mean, Watkins was a bit of a passenger for me. Uh, I asked Paul Tisdale about him after the game and, and, and Paul was very reluctant in digging any of his players out, which I'm sure is, is Tisdale's way. He's not one after a run they've had to start digging them all out after one match. But but for me, yeah, he was, he's the man that everybody talks about. He's the man that makes extra tick, but he had no impact on the game at all. And I think, like you say, Songo would have had some impact upon that. But I think overall as a team, Argyle worked well to shut Watkins down. He didn't. He wasn't allowed any time to run with the ball, uh, let alone spray it around. Who else stood out for you, Baron? Um, I mean, Chris is going to get fed up with me talking about him because we, we watched the game <laughs> sat next to each other and we obviously speak about him well after the game. And then, uh, <laughs> thankfully, Chris had a day off yesterday, so he escaped me yesterday. <laughs> but then I've been going on about again this morning. I really like Matty Kennedy. Um, didn't get the full 90, but I mean, when he, he's, he's working up to that, he may well not be a 90 minute player, but um, he's certainly working up to that after a very limited match time with Cardiff City. But his quality on the ball was, was was fabulous. I mean, every time he got the ball, you sort of expect him to do something. It was, it's quite exciting, you know, watching. I mean, I'm not a Plymouth Argyle fan, but you watch him and you, you get excited. You can't wait to see what he's going to do next. And I think it's 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 the confidence these new signings have brought in is that you know that if Kennedy receives the ball, if Sarsovic receives the ball, now Taylor, if he gets the ball, you know something's going to happen. They're going to keep hold of the ball and going to do something with it. And it's, it doesn't have to all go through Graham Carey all the time. So, so if I pick one of a very good team performance, it would be Kennedy for me. Um, you will see over, over, over time whether he's consistent enough to deliver those kinds of performances week in, week out. Um, but, but based on Saturday, he, he stood out for me. Yeah. I thought Gary Sawyer as well. I mean, I thought he was really sort of underrated on Saturday. I know the week before, I don't think he had the best of games, but he's getting in, de in dealing with David Wheeler, I mean, Wheeler's very good in the air. Mm. And he didn't win a single header against Sawyer. Sawyer won every single header. Better game by game, isn't he, Gary Sawyer? Yeah. He's a, we know he's a steady pro. He just needs to build that match fitness, and he'll be more than a, a sure enough operator at left back for Argyle. And like I say, in the early uh, exchanges, I noticed that um, Stacey got round him very, very easily. I think on the ground in a foot race, Sawyer wasn't winning anything on Saturday. <clears> but as we've since talked about, there was quite a lot of long ball from Exeter, and they, they 
they didn't seem to exploit Sawyer on the deck at all. They seemed to think they could maybe exploit him in the air, and as you've just said, Stu, he was just knocking everything away with his forehead. Because mm. remember, remember, I think Gary Sawyer would have made a, a pretty decent centre back if he'd made, maybe had a little, you know, an inch or two taller, and he he, rel- he would have relished the, the the heading challenge that he that he had. But it was one of those, Jack, wasn't it? That I think pretty much all the Argyle players played well. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think everyone put in their shift on Saturday. I think not one player had a bad game. And I think the best thing about it for me will be the fact that these new players have come in and seen the, this, this word used a lot, but the potential that's there if Argyle can push on. They've they've given themselves a great chance in the last few months, and you know with this, the, the crowd behind them, I think they look a good prospect. And I, I think Derek Adams deserves a lot of praise for I think over both Devon Derby, he's got, he's got a tactics pretty much spot on, and I think he, it shows he's learned from last season. I think which is always good that a manager's continually learning and not thinking they know everything. So. I've, I, as a fan, I'm fully impressed and hope we can push on tomorrow night. Yeah, we've got plenty of uh, questions and comments. We had a great comment from Gary Brown, who, who said similar, actually, Jack. He said, well done to Derek Adams. Slowly developing the team, bringing in strong players where they were needed, looking good as a defensive and attacking unit. The set-piece dilemma looks to have been addressed as well, which was certainly the case on Saturday. Uh, so well done, the manager. He deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Maureen Norman, she sort of said similar. I agree, but don't forget Paul Watton and our team. Well done, our girl. Um, just going back to the questions, Dave Searle sent a really good one in, Chris. Mm. Um, looking at how many games Argyle have left, which is 17, and the points total, which is 60. Thanks for that, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think nine wins out of those 17 will be enough to gain promotion? That would give Argyle 87 points. Yes, nine wins would do it. Eight wins, I think, 84 points. I think if they get 84 points, they won't be very far away. So, um, yeah, got to keep uh, you know grounding out the results. There's a lot of Saturday, Tuesdays, I think, uh, for the next five uh, weeks they've got Tuesday fixtures so there's a lot of football to be played in that period and, and once we've got that run of games out of the way we'll have a, a pretty good idea of um, of what they need to do to secure a top three spot. Jack as an Argyle fan I mean is promotion enough for you now? Obviously you closed the gap on Doncaster at the weekend are you looking for more than that? Do you want the title or, or, or would you just take promotion? If I, if I had to pick between the two promotion is obviously the, the thing that we all want but that being said if we've got a chance of catching Doncaster then a title win would be great at the end of the day when people look back at teams they look at their title wins they look at uh, uh, accolades like that if I can get there then that's fantastic but promotion I don't care if we finish third I don't want to go through the playoffs again we've experienced heartbreak for the last two years so the top three is fine for me but I would like to see our goal push Doncaster the whole way until the end of the season and if we can be the ones lifting the, you know, the trophy at the end of the season and all the players can earn that, that title winning medal I think that would be great for their careers and it would be great to see um, Argyle fans finally having something to celebrate. Yeah, we've spoken a lot throughout the um, the season about how sort of the, the similarities between this Argyle squad and Paul Sturrock's promotion team of 2001 and 2. I think they beat Exeter 3-0 at home park in, in that season as well. They, they did, yes, it is. But we had, a, we had a question, and I really apologise for this, but in cutting and pasting all the questions out, I've actually left this guy's what, name. Can you remember his name? It's Alan Wood, who's, Alan Wood. Uh, who's a regular... Uh, Regular listener, I know. So this is Alan. One of Alan's Brilliant. questions. Thanks. 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 Yeah, thanks for that, Alan. And the question is: On this date in tw- two, uh, sorry, 2001-02, Paul Sturrock team hit 70 points after 33 games, and Sturrock said to himself that the title was very much on his mind and the target. Do you think Derek Adams feels the same? Chris, you deal with Derek quite a lot. What's the sort of vibe you're getting off the manager? Well, I, I asked him, funny enough, after the game on Saturday, was he was he looking to win the title or was promotion enough? A bit like the question that Jack's just answered. And uh, and Derek came up with the response, which you'd probably have expected, is we're going to look to win as many games as we possibly can <laughs> and see where that takes us. So, um, But I suspect, sort of knowing Derek Adams as I do, that he's a winner. 
he goes into every game looking to win and he will not be looking at the league table thinking top three is good enough for me he'll want to win the title mm. now brave manager to come out and say things like that and, and what have you but I, I suspect that's what his, his target is um, you know and the, the, it, there are a lot of similarities this season to the 0102 team there is there is no dispute about that the type of players you know Ryan Taylor is, is he going to do the, the Mickey Evans type of role we know that, that Mickey did so well that season and you know Jack was just talking about Doncaster and going for the title that season Argyle and Luton were going at it all the way till the end of the season and, and they used each other's success to draw themselves away from everybody else and get themselves both promoted Argyle got the title and if you remember they had 102 points and Luton had 97 now I'm not going to say that Argyle and Doncaster are going to end up with the same sort of points total but I don't think it would be a bad thing for Argyle if Doncaster say for example are doing really well and you get that rivalry between the two where it's nip and tuck and Argyle two and me personally I'm not unhappy with Doncaster leading the, the table taking the pressure of being the lead two leaders all the time let them set the pace a bit like a you know, an 800 metres athletic race, and then hopefully when you come around the top bend on the final lap, you know, into the final weeks of the season, Argyle might be able, able to have a sprint finish. But um, Well, when you look at the signings that Argyle have made as well, Baron, then you, you've got to say that they're looking pretty strong for the finish of the season, haven't they? They've got so many options available now. You only have to look at the players that weren't playing on Saturday to see the strength of yeah, the it, it certainly feels ominously good at the moment, so... It's amazing what a convincing win against the local yes. rivals can do for, <laughs> for confidence and everybody can get quickly carried away as, uh, as is easy to do and, and it's, it's nice to do I suppose, to allow yourself to dream and, and think about what's possible. Um, like you say Stuart, when I mean, you look at the bench on Saturday, Craig Tanner didn't even get any match time. Craig Tanner's won games on his own for Argyle this season, I mean that's how good it is. I mean you've got Slew and Jervis ready to throw on when you've got tired legs in, in Kennedy or if you want to protect Carey who was on a yellow. And Jimmy Spencer back on the bench. I mean, that, that was the, the nice surprise of the day. Is, um, is Jimmy making such a, a miraculous recovery from a broken ankle? I mean, that's a, a very, very quick turnaround. So, it was, I mean, as difficult it was for Nathan Blissett to, to sit out of the match day 18, that's the quality we're dealing with. Um, Nathan Blissett was fantastic away at Cheltenham a few weeks back in, in his short uh, time on the pitch, and he's not even making the match day 18. So, <coughs> yes, I mean, it. The squad seems to be there. Uh, hopefully, uh, the likes of Connor Smith and Gary Miller will return from injury before long. And providing there's no other massive setbacks, the squad looks more than capable of, of continuing this challenge and, and kicking on. And uh, that away match at Doncaster Rovers just really stands out, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, we're hoping that it'll be though it'll be those two will be the two that are leading the title, and it will be something of a decider. I mean, that, that could be a huge, huge game. I think, so I think it's really good for Argos to have something to look up to and something to chase. I think that does help you. If you're, if you're at the top, really, the only way you've got is people to try and catch you up. I think if you're second place and you can dare kind of say to the team that we want to try and catch them behind closed doors, and that's something you can aim for and not really rest on your laurels. Yeah, maybe that was the case last year when you look at Northampton because they did sort of run away with it, really. Maybe Argyle sort of looking behind in mm. the playoffs and I do remember I do remember Derek Hams did come out and say it last year that he was still had an eye on the title I remember mm. him saying that to you so maybe yes. he's learned his lesson this year and mm. he's not willing to say mm. that it's going to be a season of, of lessons learned doesn't yeah, it yeah last season most definitely uh, Chris Spice also sent a question in uh, Jack I'll put this on to you because I know that Graham Carey's your uh, hero shall we say <laughs> will the quality attacking players added in January convince Carey that Argyle are going in the right direction and he'll stay for next season well firstly I'll be if we don't go up I cannot see Graham Carey staying. I didn't. I'm surprised he stayed this year when we didn't go up. I think if we don't go up, he'll definitely be gone. If we do go up, will he stay? Possibly. I think 
everything's indicating that we're on an upward curve and hopefully that stays that way. Um, but yeah, as Chris said, the, the quality of the attacking players are fantastic and I think last season we were very reliant on Graham Carey. But I have to say, touch wood doesn't happen, but if Graham Carey does suffer an injury was out for a few weeks, I really do feel like I've got the depth now to really kick on and not miss him like they would have missed him mm. last season. Will, will he stay? Who knows? Who knows? I'd hope so, but Derek Adams, every time a player's left, you know, there was like Curtis Nelson, Peter Hartley, very good centre-backs, he's mm. consistently signed some very good replacements. Are there a lot of carries floating around in League 1, League 2? No, probably not, but I have a lot of faith in Derek Adams to bring someone in that can do a, a good job if Graham Carey was to leave. Yeah, fair point, Chris. Yes, absolutely, yeah. You know, um, it's good to see Graham Carey come back the last few couple of games, like, like Baron mentions, you know, he, he did have a sort of a, a down period by, by his high standards. You know, he, he's got the ability to come in off the flanks from the right. Kennedy can do it from the left, so that they'll find space. He, he, you know, he had a good game against Exeter on, on Saturday. Will he stay? You, you don't know. I mean, if Argyle are promoted and they're getting 10,000 crowds every week, then that makes him quite an attractive proposition in football terms, I would have thought, in League One. Financially, obviously, you know, you never know who's going to offer you what. And um, you can't blame players for taking good offers that they get financially from other clubs. So the thing is, though, if he does go, just say, for example, you've already got maybe Anthony Sarsovic as a, as a ready-made replacement already at the squad bedding himself in. So, you know, they've, they've got some good attacking players. I think the, thing, the, 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 the positive thing is that whatever happens, you know, Argyle probably have relied a bit too much on Graham Carey, and he's, he's done fantastically well for Argyle, let's not get away from it. But now, you don't have to, and if you're the opposition, you're not looking there saying, well, look, if we stop Carey playing, we'll be all right. You know, what, what are you going to do with Matty Kennedy? What are you going to do with Sarsovic? What are you going to do with Carey? What are you going to do with Taylor? What are you going to do with Jervis and Slew when they come on on the flats and give you that yeah. driving pace? And what are they going to do with Craig Town if they, they, they fit him in? So there's lots of options now, and that, that any manager, I'm sure, would tell you that they can't have enough options. And, and by League 2 standards, I think Derek Adams has got quite a few now. And also, I think, as Chris was saying, I think that the, the, the sort of weight will be lifted off Graham Carey's shoulders now because there was so much expected to be upon him that the weight will be lifted and you can probably see him play better football because there's not so much pressure looking at him. So hopefully he'll thrive under that. Yeah, it would be interesting as well if Carey was to go. I mean, <coughs> it could well open up the door for uh, Craig Tanner to come in and and sign for the club permanently as well, couldn't they? Well, yeah. that, that's, that's another thing. I think Argyle have done very well of developing some youngsters they've had on loan, and I think that other managers, if they're looking to get a player out on loan that's of good quality, then they'll look, possibly look at what Derek has been able to do with some of these players. And He's just improving so much. I mean, he really mm. is an energetic, driving right-back. You know, he can tackle, he can get back, but he, he's not shy going forward, is he? I mean, mm. he gets forward, he gets in so many good positions, he gets good crosses in. And he's a good example of somebody that you know wasn't playing at a higher division club, you know, stepped down and is now playing regularly. And you know, if he carries on like he is, he's going to be getting talked about because he's making really good progress. And we discuss this a lot in the office, don't we? Is it better to be playing under twenty-three football, or is it better to go out on loan to a League mm. Two club? As you said, Oscar Felk was a perfect example of what getting first-team games can do for you. And yeah, he's just been fantastic and so versatile, I think, which is which helped our go throughout the season. Yeah, most definitely. So uh, moving on from the Devon derby, then, and obviously there's a game tomorrow night against Leighton Orient Baron. Um, totally different type of game of course. Orient are an absolute basket case of the club right now, aren't they? <laughs> it's, it's, it's all teed up for Orient to come down as the uh, the second bottom club in the league without a win since Boxing Day to come and beat Argyle, isn't it? <laughs> second best team in the league meets the second worst um, at home park on a Tuesday night after a rip-roaring win on Saturday. 
who knows what's going to happen. I mean, you, you would say on paper that Argyle are going to be set for a comfortable win, but as Derek keeps reminding us, there's no easy games in League Two. Um, they've got a, another new manager in Orient. Um, I've read uh, in recent weeks that the Orient team's age at the average age had plummeted, um, but I looked at the team that actually played uh, against Yeovil on Saturday, and I think it was an average age of about 25, so they've still got a few experienced heads in there. There's a few decent campaigners, the likes of Nicky Hunt, Gavin Massey's had a, a fairly decent time with it in the EFL in the past, so they're not going to be there for the taking. I mean, Argyle are going to have to work for it hard again, and after such a... Um, a hard-earned win, you might say, on Saturday. There may well be the need for some rotation, but thankfully Argyle seems to have strength and depth to deal with that now. So we'll see. I mean, it'll be a cold night on Tuesday. It'll be a, a half the attendance that was there on Saturday, I'm sure. Um, but but as Chris and I uh, regularly say there, they're sort of matches you need to win if, um, if you're going to go on and win this win this title. They're going to have to win that match on Tuesday night and keep this momentum going. Yeah, the, Jack, a tough call for Derek Adams, really. Does he stick with the team that played on Saturday or does he freshen it up? What, what well, should that, he do? Well, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, when Graham Carey got booked in, in the game on Saturday, I was like, sat there thinking, come on, just take him off now. Let's not risk him getting another yellow card. But it, when you've got the likes of Slew, Jervis, Tanner, any of them could come in and that must be hard for the opposition to sort of prepare against. It could be any number of formations, any number of teams, any number of players. Um, I, if it was me, I'd stick with the same team. I think they look a cracking team at the moment, and I think uh, sorry, later tomorrow will be there for the taking. I think on paper they're a lot weaker going forward than they have been over the last few years. With the likes of Jay Simpson, etc. So for me, I'm, I'm predicting quite a good, good high-scoring game. Chris. Well, that's Jack with his fan hat on. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come at it with my usual sort of uh, Bring some cautious, argument. cautious approach. I mean, Barrow's right. These are the, the Orient game is is what wins you promotion. These sort of games, you've got to win these. You know, playing Exeter in front of a full house. You know, everyone's motivated. Everyone's pumped up for that. They played well, fantastic, brilliant. But now you come back on a Tuesday night. Yeah, and there's going to be not some not so many away fans, obviously, and you have to get the results. You know, if they don't get the three points against Leighton Orient, a lot of the good work on Saturday, you know, doesn't count for as much. They they sh on paper Argyle should beat Orient, but I, I was going about it. You look at League Two, every round of matches you you get in that division, there's a strange one crops up. I mean, let's be honest. You know, if you take out the fact that it was Argyle versus Exeter and it was just two teams, there was a team that came to Home Park on Saturday who were unbeaten in 12, had won seven in a row, they'd scored 23 goals in those seven games, you would have said that they would have been the favourites and yet they went away with a 3-0 defeat. So, how you can predict... Doncaster any, Newport. Uh, yeah, Doncaster, absolutely. How yeah. can you predict anything? If, if Leighton Orient come down, get the first goal in the game and then back to the wall heroic, you know, performance... You, you can't rule it out. If, if Argyle play like they did on Saturday, they'll win because they played some really good stuff. But it is consistency. Barry mentioned it with Matt Kennedy. It's consistency now. They've got 17 games to go. If they can put in some steadily consistent performances, they don't have to play as well as they did on Saturday, but just with that same sort of positive results. approach, grind the results mm. out, then they'll be fine. But, you know, this is a good test. This, uh, you know, for, for Derek Adams looking at it, yeah. They they excelled on the big occasion, but it's the same same prize at stake on Tuesday. It's three points. He'll want to see his team go out. I'd stick with exactly the same same lineup. They've been in Spain last week, you know, so they don't need to rest. No. They, they 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 can look, same team out. You go play well, get on the front foot, score some goals, and then hopefully that sets them up for for two away games against Hartlepool and uh, Luton coming up. Yeah, Barry, you touched on Doncaster there against Newport on Friday. Obviously, 0-0 draw at uh, Rodney Parade. 
They also drew it home to Morecambe the week before as well, mm. so they're not in great form at the moment, Donny. Um, do you think Orient, though, do you think they're in that situation now where they've got to come down and start looking to win games because of the position they're in, or do you think they've still got enough sort of time to come down here and maybe, you know, just be defensive and, and sort of try and get what they can from the game? I don't know very much about Daniel Webb, but I would think that um, at some point they've got to start building on something, and they've got, they've got a very encouraging draw at Yeovil on Saturday, so um, you would think coming away to... Um, the second best side in the league they're not going to come out and be all sort of swashbuckling and, and trying to go forward and be tuned up before half time so you would think it would be sensible to um, to set up defensively and see if they can nick something on the break perhaps so I, I certainly think the games at, at this stage of the season do start to look like they're running out so you do need to pick up points somewhere but maybe away at the second best side in the league isn't the best place to uh, to change a, change from a defensive approach and Jack hates telling you this but we fell off tomorrow night I'm afraid you've got to do a leg shift I'm going to go to work Tuesday, so <laughs> You'll be there, no doubt, though. Yeah. I'll be there. I'm there at every home game, trying to get some away games. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think as we get closer to the end of the season, I think fans will, will come more in their numbers. Uh, like Ben said, of course, it's going to be a... Yeah, that'll be interesting, yeah. actually, after Saturday's mm. crowd to see how many people come back tomorrow night. Well, I think so. there'll be a fair amount, but it's going to be cold, isn't it? It's going to be a cold yeah. night, and, you know... Champions it's, half, it's, it's, it's Champions League, it's half-term and things like that. I'd like to think they might get eight... 8,000, something like that, you know. Um, and the 3 0 win against your local rivals mm-hmm. will make people think, actually, because they played well, this is yeah. an exciting team, and people want their money's <coughs> worth, and there's definitely a chance of them getting that, I think, tomorrow night. Yeah, indeed. Well, guys, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast. Just before we go, though, um, we've had lots of questions, actually, about getting the podcast on iTunes. Um, I'm very pleased to say that hopefully um, this week's podcast will be available on iTunes. Um, just stay logged on to the Herald website. And we'll keep you informed of any developments. Good so, so, Stu, you've been working on oh, that for a while. So. You tried dealing with our IT department. <laughs> well, you all have, I know. It's, it's fun. No, but that'd be brilliant because then hopefully then people can yeah can listen to it whenever yeah, you want. Something we've been striving we have been, for a while. We have so, been trying, haven't we? So good work, Stu. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, that's it for this week. Many thanks to everyone out there for your questions. We'll be back again next week to look back on the games against Orient and Hartlepool. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.